the thing the 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 destiny that we're all called to fulfill will is every day under attack from the enemy because he doesn't want us to get there and uh and i was i was just joking i flipped through it and i found the quote and i said it to you before we started but a trick of the devil is to make you believe the thoughts he sends you are your own hey everybody welcome to summit up brought to you by the summit dover if religion's giving you more questions than answers, you're in the right place. So sit back and open your minds with us. I'm Josh All, and you are Go Justin ahead. Miller. All right, and we are here. <laughs> I just met you. <laughs> and we're here with the man with the answers, Pastor Rob Coburn. Wow, it is great to be in the studio today with you guys. Uh, Justin is uh, is a good friend. We met a year ago or so, and uh, we are going back in topics this week to dreams. We talked about dreams with you, uh, you and Kyle, Josh, and uh, and if you by the end of this episode, you're going to understand why we went back to dreams because Justin has an amazing dream that has not come super easy. Um, exactly. There's been challenges. <laughs> But, uh, but there's some significant points we need to take away as believers about when God gives us a dream, a vision, what are we supposed to do? How do we roll with the punches? How all that stuff happens? And so that's what we're going to cover in this episode. So thanks for joining us. And we're going to dive right into it. So Justin, uh, tell everyone sort of a little bit of your backstory first. Uh, before you get into the vision part, because uh, you got an interesting story of where you've gone and what you've done. And then this is a complete entrepreneurship journey. Yes, 100%. So quickly here, I grew up Amish till I was 14. My dad passed away when I was 14. And in that time, I went through a lot of depression because I was the oldest in the family and I suddenly had this weight on me as a 14-year-old that I thought I had to take care of my family. And at the same time, I, I, I believe that God had taken my dad away and therefore I wasn't good enough to have a dad. It was somehow judging me, which doesn't really work out well. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. So, so the result of that was, was my teenage years, I was, I was just super depressed and I did not know where I belonged. I did not know where I fit in. I, 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 I felt like, like I was trying to work toward God and I could never get there. And I was, there was always this separation. And then I went through a, a, a period where I went through this conference called, it was called the Take Back Your Life Conference. And for the first time in my life, I started recognizing the lies that I believed. And as I recognized those lies and replaced them with the truth, I started, I started believing in that God actually truly loves me. So instead of just hearing the words, you know, God loves you and, and stuff like that, it started becoming more of a reality. And so that was the start of it. That was the start of where I started being coming into myself, where uh, or recognizing who I really was, recognizing that that God actually like He cared for me, He desired me, He loved me, and and I was more than than the stuff that happened to me in my past. So that's a, that's a very quick version of something right. that was really really deep and in my life. So what does the, the, we know that we're living in a world that is in turmoil, uh -huh. um, seems to be getting more tumultuous every day. Um, we know that there's a, a father issue in the country, at least in the whole world, but definitely in our country. So having the issue when your father passes away, you go to this conference, you find out about yourself, you find out that he loves you, not just words, but actions. You uh -huh. feel him. Um, what significance did that point play in what we're going to talk about in a few minutes with your vision that if you would not have had the encounter to know that father God loves you, uh, where do you think you'd be today? Ooh, that's, that's a tough question. I would, I would still be trying to work my way toward God. I feel like instead of recognizing that he did everything for me to just step into who he was and who he is. What, everything he did on the cross and everything he gave us. So, um, so I don't like, honestly, that's, I, I don't know where I'd be at. I have no idea. I just know that I wouldn't be as free mm. 
I wouldn't be free to be me. I would be still struggling with all the stuff that I was struggling with because in that depression, in that mindset of depression and feeling like I lacked being desired and being wanted, I, I turned to pornography and all kinds of stuff like that because it try, I tried to fill a void in my life. And so when I had, so the take back your life thing kind of started opening up my mind, my mind to that. But then I actually went to a conference, a local conference, which, which was down and when I lived in Mount Vernon area and they, for the first time in my life, I saw people get healed in front of me. I saw prophetic words being released and I had an encounter with God where all the stuff I had been learning was like that I was entertaining the idea that there was more to God than I realized all that stuff came to fruition where I had this really this love encounter with God where I felt his tangible love wash over me. And from that point on, like literally after that conference for a couple of weeks, I would, I would wake up and I go to bed with these excitement butterflies in my stomach, you mm-hmm. know, as a little kid, when you're ready to go on a field trip or something. And I was just so excited about God. And in that moment, literally all the pornography literally just fell off of me. I didn't, I didn't need it anymore right? because I, I, I felt desired by him. The thing I was thinking I lacked, he was fulfilling. So so from that, like I literally just went on a journey of, I wanted to know more, but, but with that, I started believing in my dreams. I started believing I could actually do something big. I started believing in, in myself because he believed in me. Mm. So, yeah, I, I love, I love that part of the journey and Josh, you can jump in whenever, whenever you get something, the, the journey, the disciples went on with Jesus a lot of the beginning of the journey was knowing about him and getting to know him. But the end, you know, it says that, that he would, he would be with them in, in the scriptures there in the beginning. And then at the end, when they began to understand and they all faltered, we all falter, but when they began to understand that what he was and who he was and everything had been transferred to them, then it was the journey that I want to talk about with your dream, because we all we all have to get to a point where we are disciples of the king, yes. where we actually understand that when he's with us, he's with us. We can be together in a room, but not be with each other. Yes. You know, exactly. But when he's there, he's always with us. He is he is engaged with us. He is communicating with us if we're willing to be engaged with him. And uh, and so. I love following that journey and sort of what the, the direction of the show I believe is going to go at this point is that we're going to talk about your journey. And I, I wanted to highlight that point that they were with him. They didn't know him. Then they got to know him. Then they were with him because they were spending time together and growing. And then it turned into everything that he is. Now I am. Yes. And then now they were empowered to go do the dream, do their destiny, do what God had called them to do. But I don't think we can skip over the story that you just told, because if we skip those stories of, I remember whenever I was, you know, I grew up a Baptist kid and we've had these conversations and, and I, I'm still, I I never regret any of that. But what I do understand now is I got this deep hunger that there was more than just a religious path. Yes, exactly. And then I had the same experience as you went to a conference, saw that there was more and there was no one, no thing, no experiences were going to stop my hunger. Like I was, I was all in, I was like, okay, I experienced this. I know that it's right. There was nothing that said it was weird or wrong. I know it's right. And I actually felt his presence in a new tangible way. And when you engage in that, it unlocks your heart. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's so good because, um, about six months after I had this encounter with God, I was asking him, okay, what really happened? Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, for the first time in your life, you were present in my presence. And, and I was like, that's it. Like he's like you said, like he's always there. It's up to us if we want to engage with him. And to engage with him, we kind of got to let go of our own thoughts about ourselves and our own thoughts about what other people might be thinking about us or whatever. But in that moment, just be fully present. Yeah. And so, so that's literally the best lesson I think I've learned. <laughs> yeah. Because anytime, anytime that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling down or I'm judging myself, like I, I, I remember that lesson and I take a moment just to be present. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So one of the ways that I know the enemy distracts me is through busyness. And and I've joked from the pulpit saying uh, it's, it stands for burdened under Satan's yoke, um, (laughs) busy. But I, I think that I think that one of the things that we have to guard in our personal relationships, you know, I was asking the Lord, like, what, what does the next season hold? Like COVID's going to be over and what, what's the next season? And, uh, and he started asking me about relationships, which is always fun um, <laughs> because we got to have healthy relationships, but not all of them are healthy, right? They, they take work. And, uh, and he was asking like, what, what do you believe the best relationship is in your life? And, uh, and then what, if that's the picture of the best, then the relationship that, that you have with me should be a lot better than the best personal relationship that you have on the earth because they cannot be fully present and you cannot be fully present with them no matter what, because there's always a sound. There's a, there's something to distract you. Yes. And so when we're with him, our relationship with him should be the strongest relationship we have because he's never distracted He's always for us to succeed. He's, he's never looking for us to fail or miss it. He's always pulling for us to do it. And the blessings are renewed every day. The, the grace and blessing of the Father is renewed over us every day. I, I can't think of an earthly relationship that that is, no. you know, and, and we're striving for that. Of course, we're striving for that. But I'm just saying that when he was talking to me about relationships, it was like, this is what I've called you to do. And I'm here for you. That's interesting. I I like what you say about that concept of God's never busy. Right. Because I mean, how many times is there somebody you want to, something is wrong or, you know, you got something going on, you want to pick up the phone and call somebody, maybe they don't answer Mm -hmm. or they text you back, say, Hey, I'm, I'm busy. I'll 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 call you later or something. And, you know, there's just that little ping of, ah, I really could have used that voice on the other, other end, but God's never busy. Right. He's always fully present, ready for us. And how all that happens, I'm sure someday we'll know, but that with the people all around the world and, and everything that we're talking about today, there are people right now that are either listening to this podcast or people that you know that have dealt with these thoughts, have dealt with these situations and, and he's there, he's ready. You know, when you were saying that, um, Justin, you were saying about how, when you question yourself, when you question when when you question what others think of you, um, we have to get to an understanding that we're King's kids, that that the Lord is our is our dad, and that um, it matters more about what He says about us than what anybody else says. Exactly, that's it. And, and sometimes it and and it's come to a point like as you learn to be aware of where you're at at any moment and be aware of your feelings, because your feelings are an indication of what you're actually believing and then come to the root belief of what that is. And then it can happen in a split second where you're like, wait a second, I'm believing this right now, whatever mm-hmm. this might be, or I'm, I'm believing I'm not good enough to be on this podcast or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And so, so whatever that belief is in the moment, because you're feeling something like, okay, why am I feeling this God? Okay. It's because I'm believing this. Okay. What's the truth? Well, the truth is you were made for this moment mm-hmm. you were created for, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And so you, you replace those lies, you identify those lies and you replace it with the truth very quickly. If you're busy, you don't take the time to, fe- to go into those feelings that you just described. Yes. And we're really good with keeping ourselves busy with our phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and if you're busy, you can't actually analyze the situation. Yeah. Um, and if you're distracted, I am so glad that emergency room doctors are not distracted when there's an emergency, <laughs> right? You know, yes. and, and here's the thing the the, the destiny that we're all called to fulfill will is every day under attack from the enemy. Cause he doesn't want us to get there. And, uh, and I was, I was just joking. I flipped through it and I found the quote and I said it to you before we started, but a trick of the devil is to make you believe the thoughts he sends you are your own. Yes. And so if we're distracted, we can actually take a thought that the enemy is trying to put into our mind and think that it's us, that we're not worthy or whatever that is. Yeah. And it was something you said earlier, Justin, about, um, finally just, stepping into your destiny. And I think that for me, that was a huge thing when I finally 
because I had spent so many years kind of in the ways of man, right? On the mm -hmm. earth, trying to strive, trying to work hard at different things to get ahead. And I could never get ahead. And I'm like, okay, what, wh why, why am I constantly fighting against myself here? And then I started to learn, you know, coming to the summit and kind of listening and, and really taking everything in. And I realized, oh, destiny isn't something I have to go out and find. I just need to ask God to show it to me because I already have it. Yes. I just need, I just need to understand that and then say, okay, reveal it and I'll do it. So, and so that's what started to change so for what's me. What's cool with that, what you just said is I literally wrote on Facebook yesterday was, was that I wrote it in my Facebook group where I, I basically said, I might butcher what I actually wrote, but I know the idea. <laughs> but here, here's what I, here's what I wrote. I wrote something along the lines like your 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 course, your online coaching program, your course that you want to create is already done in the spirit. Like it's already we live from victory, and so it's already been accomplished outside of time, and and so we get to just pull in from it, like by connecting to the spirit. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. We did a podcast a few months ago and it was actually called your destiny is God's past. Mm -hmm. Cause yes. God's are, it's already done. Like, he's it. already done mm -hmm. it. He's yeah. already finished it. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, also oh, we just so need good. to understand that it's already finished. He's already. Exactly. Right. So it puts all the pressure off of you mm -hmm. because it, like here's, and here's the difference. I, I, I tell people like there's a big difference between having self-confidence versus Godfidence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and I like that because the self-confidence is like where you're literally just focused on your own energy, what you can do in mm -hmm. your, in and of yourself. So you do the things like you go after your, your, your business stuff, you go after whatever it may be, um, whatever your destiny is, whatever that thing is that, that holds your heart captive that, and you go after it through your own strength. And the truth is you're going to fail. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's some of some of some people that are really good at self-discipline and like really like they have some extra motivation of of outdoing their friends or something like that where where they'll motivate themselves in that way just to make others make themselves feel good and how yeah, I was gonna say you do. might fail but not realize you failed because exactly. in your mind it might be hey I was successful in my endeavors but yeah. you have no idea how much more successful you could have been you yeah. should have been it's based on self yes mm -hmm. and yourself you're gonna limit yourself because yeah. And so, <laughs> because yeah, because that's, yeah, way, yeah. that's the way it is, <laughs> but, but no, um, but then the confidence is really, it's, and this is something I'm, I'm continually learning. And I think I always will is just being able to give up myself and just recognize his strength where, where I'm weak, he is strong. So I'll boast my weaknesses because man, I really suck at this, but God's good at it. So I'm going to lean on his strength. Why would I want to lean on my, my strength and try to do it myself if I can lean on his? And I believe that, at least in my own life, one of those things that I've had to lean on him is being present. Yeah, exactly. Because he's, a, he's excellent at it. And I'm not so great. Yeah. You know, exactly. like my mind's going a million miles an hour and I've got 70 projects I'm actually working on today. And like uh, to, to actually say, God, help me to be present in your presence so that I can get the download I need to be able to take the next step toward my destiny. And oftentimes it's a relationship. You know, we were, we were uh, talking Sunday about that when you're going after your destiny and you're asking the Lord for provision, because we all need provision to accomplish what we're called to do. The provision may not be a financial thing. It may be a person and if yes. we're too busy and not present, we may walk by the people that have the keys to the next step of our destiny. Exactly. That's so good because like I was just thinking about it just this past week, I had the privilege of, of, of hanging out with a, with a guy. Um, his name is Brian Lake and he had his own ministry and stuff, but, but just the way that he thinks about business and the way he thinks about different things that it was stuff that I needed to glean from and I needed to learn. And so, so for me, it was like being able to, in that moment, be present with him and learn what he had to give in the moment. And it was, it was a divine connection. Mm -hmm. It was what I needed right now in my life. It's those meetings that you set for 30 minutes and three hours later, you're like, oh, what? <laughs> right. What? Oh exactly. yeah. Anyway. Well, I want to, <laughs> I want to take a great, great intro. I want to, I want to go into your story. You, you then went on a journey of actually uncovering the spirit and, and learning how to walk in that. So talk through that and then let's get, let's finish the, the episode with, 
an explanation of what you do and how you're empowering people to do it. But let's go to the next step, which is to actually talk about your experience there. So, yes. Um, even before that experience, uh, I just want to plug this in. I, I really had a, like I was doing some online marketing stuff and I, and I really caught this bug of doing some online marketing. And my initial bug was, had all everything to do with being successful. And, you know, it was, it was the greedy mentality to be honest, but, um, God can, can make good things out of bad things. <laughs> so, so anyway, so before that I had, I had this idea, I, I'm going to do online marketing period. And that, that was, that was a mindset that I had. But anyway, when, when I encountered God, like, uh, like it became everything to me. And that next year I listened to, uh, like, I was so hungry because I had known there was more, but I didn't know what more was. And so I read books like crazy. I don't know how many books I read and that, that and it was crazy because beforehand I would, I would start a book and I read half of it in a year and then I forget about it and not read it. Mm. So, so like half a book a year is what I averaged. <laughs> well, that's, that's a half a book more than most people. That's, right. yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's funny, but no. So then, then I would, so that year I, I think I read like a book a month, which for me was huge. And then I listened to any kind of sermon I could get my hand onto that, that had to do with getting to know more of God. And I was just, I was so hungry and I came across, um, me and a new friend that I created in the church I went to where I had that, that encounter where I I felt the tangible love of God. We We ended up going to a conference in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And for the, and it was an incredible con, uh, conference. One thing I'll, I'll always remember from that conference was during worship one time, I don't know what happened, but the heavens opened up and we, we felt like, like, like it's, it seemed like angels joined in on the worship. And for like 15 minutes straight, there was this heavenly sound that I don't know how to explain. And it was incredible. Anyway, that's a completely different story. But, but it was, it was on my journey here. And I like, I was like blown away that, that stuff like this can happen. But anyway, we, we ended up applying to go to Bethel school of ministry in California and it didn't work out. So we ended up going to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where Georgian and Winnie Banoff's global celebration school of supernatural ministry, which is our first year ever doing it. And so for my journey, like I, I like, like. I moved there. And when I moved there, I went full-time into business at the same time, which probably not the smartest thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Um, I, uh, I don't know how I made it the first year. I'll be honest. Financially, it didn't make any sense. Um, I I was in ministry school, so I was focused on that stuff. But at the same time, I want, I was doing some website stuff and I was doing some, some business stuff on the side as I was doing ministry. And I think I had a total income of like 10 grand that year. And somehow, like every time I go out to eat or anything, I'd always give a hundred percent tip. Like that was just, I decided that's what I'm going to do. I don't care. And I don't know how, I don't know how I made it literally makes no sense financially, but I was, I was, I was, I had everything I needed. And during that year, like I was just, I was focused on learning. I went to learn, I wanted to learn about how to do. And this was kind of the biggest tug of my heart was, at the same time, I was learning this ministry thing. So I had this, this, this like almost like a fight in my spirit between doing ministry and doing business. Cause I had separated the two for so long and, and ultimately because my mindset and business was still a little bit greedy, if you want to be honest here. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I wanted to just make a ton of money and I didn't care how it looked like. Um, so anyway, that's not the smart thing to do. Don't do that. Okay. Um, anyway, so as I was, I was in this place where, where I was learning the, doing this ministry stuff, like I was having encounters with God, like incredible encounters with God and where for the first time in my life, really. And, and it was a growing experience where I got to know Jesus in a way that, that I don't know how to explain to people. I'll be honest. Um, I guess, I guess it was a thing. One of the things I would do on a daily basis, I would sit there and I'd meditate and I'd meditate purely on the union, my union with Christ. And I sit there and like, okay, what does it actually look like for my body, my spirit, my whole being to be in union with Christ? And as I would sit there and meditate that on that, like, 
like I, I started feeling that, that, that tangible union. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say it where I was just overcome by love. It's the best way to say it. I, I was overcome by love. And uh, like, I, I remember there was a period, there was a period of time there where, where like uh, a flips kind of switch where I suddenly got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and for a couple months straight, like throughout the day, I would get these, these, I'd be interrupted in my work by the Holy Spirit and by Jesus, where I was just so overcome by love that I had to stop working for a moment. And this would happen multiple times throughout the day for about two, three months straight. And, and it was, I don't, it was incredible. I don't know how else to say it. It was incredible. It was this incredible, pure love. And in the time, like through that time, like I, I fell in love with people in a way that I didn't know was possible where I just like, every time I saw somebody on the street, anywhere, my heart was just overcome. Like, Whoa, they're beautiful. Look how amazing God made them. Even if they couldn't see it themselves. Like I have this one story, quick story here where, where I was, we had these joy groups, they're small groups, but, but global celebration is all about the joy of the Lord. So (laughs) joy groups and it was great. And so, so we had these joy groups and it was at night at somebody's house and we just had a grand old time. I had some chips and salsa that I took along. And so on the way home, I had this chips and salsa. And as I parked, there was a guy and it was, I had to park like a, like a block from my house. I was living in, in, in Harrisburg. And so I, as I was parking, this guy started waving at me and I was like, okay, this is weird. So I park and get out of the car and he's like, oh, sorry, man. I thought you were somebody else. So I was like, well, this is definitely a divine appointment. And so, <laughs> and so I started just chatting with him like, like, Hey, how are you guys doing? what, like, where, where are you guys at? Like, is there anything I can help you with, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, yeah, they're kind of hungry or whatever. So I got my chips and salsa, gave them chips and salsa. And, and I just started talking to them about Jesus. I don't remember the conversation to be honest. I, I just remember in introducing that. And as I started walking back to my apartment, this one guy like came up like and started following me and it's like, Hey, wait a second. He's like, um, do you by any chance have any money that I can go get something to eat or something like that? Well, like, so I was like, Hey, why don't we just, why don't we just go get something to eat? I'll, I'll drive you somewhere. And this was like 11 o'clock at night. And so, um, I got it. I got back in my car and he got in his car and we started driving and he started telling me his story where he was, he was, he was born in Vietnam and he had been basically, and this is a sad story, but a missionary had come over and essentially got with his mom. And so he was a half breed and he was always judged his whole life. And, and yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's really kind of sad. And so I, he just started, but he started opening up because he felt safe and he felt loved. And honestly, I just like, I was in a state of just love in that time. And like, uh, so I took him to this 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 Vietnamese um, pho place, and which he was all excited about because he loves making pho, and so he's uh, so I took him there, and as we sat there, and I started just you know before we got there, I started just you know sharing Jesus like dude, you can, like setting him free from his own mindset really, and introducing him to Jesus, and as I did that, he started he was crying and stuff before we went into the restaurant, and then when we went into the restaurant. And also, by the way, I, one thing I didn't fail to mention here is he had been in in jail for 30 days and had just come out. So he was kind of in a destitute place, doesn't didn't know what he was going to do. And so when we got to the restaurant, we started talking again. He started talking with the manager of the place and ended up getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> so so he got a job by because I, I happened to be there and I was just loving him and it was Jesus to him in that moment was able to be, which was awesome and had that privilege and, and took him to the, this restaurant and he, and he got a job. That's which was so cool. Yeah. To be able to, you know, we're, we can make ourselves to feel and to, to be huge things, which we are, uh, cause we're anointed and, and called, but really it boils down to we're connection agents. We're just connecting people yes. to Jesus. That's, that's the deal. Like we can make it flowery and you know, God can use us to do lots of cool things, but we're really connection agents to him. And when we, when we're effectively doing that in unconditional love, which can only be 
we can only pass that through. Yes, can't be, exactly. Can't be drummed up inside of us. It has to come from the Father, be sent out through us. When we're actually functioning in that and we're a connection agent to the love, then miracles happen. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, um, so I had a lot of experiences like that. That's just one. Oh, that's one of the stories. And it was, it was simply because I was letting God love me. I don't know how else to say it. It was simply that, that. And, and, and as I was letting him love me, I was able to love myself in a, in a healthy way. And, and then I was able to love others. And I just had this, this flow of love. And that's what it is. It's like, like, again, it's going back to those, like the self-confidence thing versus the Godfidence is that through self-confidence, we can drum up some sort of thing that looks like love. And maybe it is in some way, but, but to, but the only way to fully step into it, like you said, is it's, it's a flow, yeah. the flow from God. Well, we can create conditional love. Yeah. And it's, it's love, but they're somewhere down the line, even if it's not on the surface, there are conditions. Yeah. And, true. and his love is unconditional in every aspect. It's, it's no matter what expectation you have of yourself, uh, he, his only expectation is be present with me yes. and, and be in my flow of love and I will connect you. And, and, that, and then for me, like, like one of the biggest things that happened just going to the ministry school, learning to love Jesus, really getting to know Jesus because to know him is eternal life. And in that is a confidence and a, and a, and a presence about you that you, that just happens. It's a manifest thing. Like, like I became a different person. Um, I was complete from the time I left to the time I got back, I was a completely different person. And one of the things I had written down in my journal in that time was I, I want to be known as a joyful lover. And, and, and the coolest thing on like one of the last days of class, when we were, we were supposed to give these 10 minute ser sermons and stuff to the whole class. And so as I was giving my sermon, like I was just, I, I think I actually talked about the Godfidence thing versus self-confidence then. Um, but when I was giving my sermon at the end of it, one of the ladies turned, like stood up and said, was like as a feedback thing, like, Justin, you're just such a joyful lover. And I had never told anybody that. But for me, it was like this, this, this fullness of God actually bringing about what I thought was impossible. And because I want to be known as that, and I, but it doesn't come from me. And so, so, so it was like this confirmation that I had learned the things that I needed to learn in the school. And it was, and, and from then on, I, like I prayed about, okay, what do I do next, Lord? What do, like, what do I do? Because again, like going back to what I mentioned earlier, I had this struggle within me between this fight between ministry and business. And because I, I really love business, but I love ministry. I love to preach. I love to do these things. And, and I had that struggle. And the, and the main reason I had that struggle was because I was, I was, I had a greedy mindset when it comes to business. And, and so, but as I, was, was spending time with God. And I was like, there has to be a better way to do business. There has to be a better way to do those things and to do it from a, from the standpoint of goodness, because like, as we taste the goodness of God, it changes our lives. Like that was my story. And I had tasted the goodness of God in a way that I didn't know was possible. And it changed my life. Like it says in, in, in Romans two, four, don't you know that the goodness or the kindness of God leads to repentance? repentance, metanoia, to change the way you think, the way you see yourself, the way you see the life in general. And it had changed me. So as I was thinking about that, I was like, okay, how does this look in business? How does this look without being greedy, without using manipulation? How does this look without all that nasty stuff that I had come to learn and that everybody else was using? And I didn't know how, like, I didn't know how to navigate it well. And so I, I simply took a couple of years to meditate on it and, and figure out, okay, what does this look like? Cause I really, I knew I was called to business. Like God kept reminding me again and again, like, uh, first time that I would go, like when I went to ministry school, like the first time I had this same word, like three or four different times from completely different people who were strangers who didn't know me where they came out to me and said, like the one guy said, there's millionaire written on your chest. And another guy said, like, like it was the same thing about being a millionaire. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, yay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but, but it was, it was like, it was confirmation that I was called to business and I knew it. 
And so I didn't know what that looked like, but as I started delving into the goodness of God and I started looking at, okay, how did Jesus actually grow his ministry? And it was based on goodness. Like mm. he showed up and he, he demonstrated goodness. He demonstrated the kingdom. He, and then he gave us literally the best, like everything we needed to succeed in life and to live a full, incredible life through the spirit. Like he gave us everything, which is in himself. And don't you think that it's interesting that in his walk, when we analyze it, he went to places that people didn't think would be profitable for him to go and he created success. Yeah. So the woman at the well shouldn't go there. Right. Yet in that moment, she had everything. Yes, that's good. And, and when we think about business, I mean, we're all in business here uh, sitting at the table. You might be listening, but um, when we think about business, that is the opposite of what we believe in most cases would be the most profitable thing to do um, is to go to go the places where no one says you should go. And I love that your business, which you're about to talk about, goes a place where people don't go and equips people to be successful and we're in, in the places that they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this, as I was like praying about this business stuff and, and like just putting, pouring out my heart to God about it because I didn't want to be greedy. I didn't want to use that manipulation. And I, I I came up with this wording and I'll give credit, full credit to God for this one, (laughs) but I call it strategic goodness. Where it's this idea of like, from the beginning, you focus on goodness and relationship and that's it. And, and so in other words, in every place that you're at, and this works in every, or anything in life, by the way, but I specifically use it for business and marketing, but anywhere you're at, like you, you ask the question, like, like, how can I, because you are, you're, you are a change agent mm-hmm. of Christ because Christ lives in you. How can I give people the best thing for them in the moment right now? And so, 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 and that, that only happens if you're fully present. Mm-hmm. That only happens if you, if you take the time and I, I basically broke it down in three, three things. Like number one, identify where people are at, which means be present with them. Identify where they're actually at. What are their mindsets? What are the, what do they, what do they desire? What are they, what are they called to? What are, what is God calling them to? What, what, where are they actually at? identify that most people don't take the time to really identify where people are at. And then, then, then second thing is how can you meet them there with full empathy? So you, you like the, with the, the homeless, like you, you step down to like, you step down and you're, you're at their level. Like there are no, you don't see them as lower than you don't see them as less than or anything, but you see them as Christ sees them. And so how can you meet somebody in their level wherever they're at in full empathy, feeling what they feel and, and with that full compassion of Christ within you and with their language, with the way that they're thinking, just meet them there. How can you do that? And the third thing, how can you give them the best thing for them in the moment? What is that best thing? And which, which as you take time to, as we take time to just simply, simply let God direct us in those thoughts, then, then like just different things in life will start blowing up like, like, and and your relationships will go to a whole new level. And, and, but for me specifically, it was like, this is how I want to do marketing. This is how I want to help people online, take their expertise. Specifically what I do is I work with people to take the thing that they're great at, that they've been gifted in, that God's gifted them in, that they've taken most likely years to develop and take that thing and help them create coaching programs and et cetera online that they can use and, and teach other people how to do the same thing. And, but to do it in a way that's transformational and not just transactional because the trans, like if you, if you develop a, a, a strategy and a, and a, and you do it with God to where you're taking people from, from where they're at, and you're, you're leading them in and you're creating the atmosphere and leading them into a place of transformation. And you're, you're, you have that strategy in place for them to lead them down the, you, you are that guide that's able to do that. Then, and you add, then you can create transformation in people's lives. And when you do that, they will be, they will tell everybody else about it. That's the idea. Like, that's the big deal. That's how, 
that's how the kingdom keeps growing. Right. Cause it's good. Yeah. And, and I love that it's transformation, not transactional. And I think, you know, taking this from the business world to the church world, many of the things that uh, have happened over the years in the, ch- from the church perspective have been transactional. Yeah, exactly. And we need them to be transformational. Exactly. Um, you know, we, I, I've talked with tons of people over the years and a lot of, a lot of relationships are left over the years, you know, I, I won't say bridges burnt, but let's say relationships have faltered over time because they've been about a transaction. Yes. You know, exactly. we show up to do this. It's the transaction that we make, not looking at it from the transformational aspect. Yes. Cause if you start thinking about what's the best thing I can give people in the moment, then you'll start, you're going to get creative. Mm-hmm. There's a creative thing that goes on because then you'll start thinking about, okay, after I make the sale, what's going to be the best thing for them? Like for instance, if, if, if I am cleaning carpet for people and I ask myself, okay, what's the best thing I can give them after I view and clean their carpet? Well, what if I give them this, this, this training or these extra resources that will help them keep their carpet clean for longer? Mm-hmm. Right. People don't do that. Yeah. But if you start thinking through that, that aspect, you'll start coming up with these incredible ideas and, that's and the transformational the, part. The transactional part is I need to get back to the next transaction. Yes. It's a, it's a lack based mentality, greed based, greed based mentality where you feel like you lack something. That's another big deal is Jesus didn't hold anything back from the people that he was around. Like, Oh, well you got to actually become a, one of the 12 disciples or there's a disciple before you, I'll give you this. Mm-hmm. No, wherever he was at, he gave that person what they needed what was the best thing for them. And by the way, the reason he healed different ways was, was not, was because he was giving them the best thing that they needed. And so he was giving them a wholeness of healing rather than just a, like a physical healing. So that's why like the, per, the person that was blind, he spit in the dirt and the dust and used that dust to, to heal his eyes. Like the reason he did that was, well, if you think about it, this guy was blind. He was used to being spit on. Like that was a, that was common in that area where people would go past and as a, as a sign of like, uh, of this cursed be- person that they mm-hmm. saw beside the road, they would spit on them, which is crazy. Yeah. But, but he used the very thing that was very awful to that person to bring about his healing. And so every, every, every healing was done because Jesus, like, because Jesus wanted to actually set the person free mm-hmm. completely. And Not just to heal their ailment, but to heal their soul. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's the thing is like, like in every moment, Jesus gave people the best thing for them specifically that was going to bring about the transformation. So when I, like I, if I'm on sales calls or something, for example, and even if the person isn't the right fit, it doesn't matter because I'm there for transformation. So I'll, I'll give them the transformation they need in that moment, which a lot of times is mindset stuff. It's amazing. So it, looking at it from the church perspective, what do you believe every person that believes in Jesus can do today to change their mind from transactions with people to transformation? The biggest thing is to, to recognize that in Christ, there is no lack. As you believe you have some sort of lack, then you're going to withhold from people and you're going to withhold from yourself and your but but if you start recognizing that you are actually one with Christ and that he is your perfection he is your completion he completes you you don't have to try to complete yourself but let him can do it mm-hmm. and when you start giving yourself to him and, and and in that place there is literally no lack like uh, one time one time I was making a video and I was like god what's a good hook for this video Mm-hmm. and it was a devotional type video. And he's like, and he told me this and I take no credit for this because I don't know where it came from. But after I, after he told me this, I had to think about it for a bit. He's like, all sin comes from a mindset of lack. I was like, hmm, wait, what? <laughs> and I started thinking about that. And, and, and then I realized like in my story, like I had this feeling of being a lack of being desired. And so I was in depression. I was in, I like all this pornography, all this stuff. Right. And the moment that, that I let God feel that lack, when I was in that conference, I felt that tangible love of him. Then all of a sudden, like 
I didn't need the pornography to fill, fulfill me anymore because the lack was gone. So anytime we have a mindset of lack, we look towards something to fulfill that. And so when we let go of that and let God complete it, then all of a sudden you can live your life in a place where you don't have lack so you can actually show up fully. And you can, you can, you can love people and give them the best thing for them in the moment because that's who you are. Well, I love strategic goodness. I love that uh, that's what you're doing. That's how you're doing life now. And I just wanted the people that are listening to the podcast or watching it, uh, I wanted them to hear your journey because you have a unique story, um, but you have a pathway of going after your destiny and going after the kingdom call that you have on your life. And it's not, it's never, I I don't want to say never, it's almost never without trials, without tribulations, without struggles, without taking steps when there's nothing to step onto uh, that you can visibly see and, uh, and moving in confidence that he's there. Yes. And he wants you to succeed. Yes. So, um, yes. Talking about struggles, there was a lot of them. There was a lot of them that I had to, that I faced. And there was multiple times where I had the opportunity to throw in the towel, but every time I was about to throw in the towel and where things weren't going my way, weren't going the way that I, my way, you realize how I said my way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where things weren't going my way, the way that I wanted them to go, then, then there was always somebody there or something there that, that God put in place that kept me on track for, for example, um, well, when I moved back from ministry school, I moved back into, into this area, into the Holmes County area. And, and it was definitely ordained by God, like just the stuff that happened like a week before I moved in, a house opened up for me and like, I couldn't have planned it. And the people that were living there for six years suddenly decided to move and they ended up moving out the day that I moved in. So just like crazy stuff like that, where I knew I was, I was, I was supposed to be in this area. And as I moved back, like there was, there was, because there was such a change in, in my identity and who I was like, I, I came back a different person and people didn't know how to deal with me. And I say that because they, they recognize myself from the past, Justin, uh, the guy that was unconfident and struggling and didn't know how to love people and stuff like that. And so I came back and I was, I was, I was confident I was in love with God and I love people. I couldn't help but hug people mm-hmm. and, and just like, like, Whoa, you're so beautiful and help them see how beautiful they were. And, and as I, so I came back and, and, and yes, there, there's, there's definitely some immaturity there and we're learning, but I was judged in a way of, of, of not being real. And, and for a time being, I, I, at first I didn't let that hinder me at all, but after hearing it, after hearing it for a year or two, I started believing it and that's not a good thing. And so like, I felt like I, I'll be honest, I felt like a backtrack. And so as my soul went through this place and uh, where, where I felt like I belonged, but I was being told that I wasn't good enough in that place or that I wasn't being real and I didn't have that permission to show up in a sense, I, I let it, I let it hinder me. And, and it was all a journey and it was actually a vision. God had given me a vision many, like in the beginning, when I was in ministry school, that this would actually happen. I didn't understand the vision at the time, but it all came out. It all played out that way, which is crazy. And so so I went through a lot of tough times in my mind and in my heart. And I had to come to a point where I was like, okay, God, there's something that needs to change because I, there's something I'm believing that's not true. And I had to work through a lot of stuff. And, and last year was a, was a year of transition for me. And in that time I had opportunity, like, like taking the business stuff, taking the strategic goodness stuff that I had thought about and, and prayed about and wanted to do more with and stuff like that. I, I, I had the opportunity to throw in the towel multiple times because I was, my mind was not in a good place. And I was, I was going back to the old stuff. I was reverting back to the old stuff, like depression, pornography and stuff like that, because I stopped believing or stopped putting myself in a place of believing that God believed in me. 
I was still in this place of lack and, and other, and the people around me at the time without knowing it, they, they were kind of adding to it Mm -hmm. and it was still my, it was still my decision to take it on. So I don't, I don't, I don't blame anybody. I don't like, yeah, you don't, yeah, I hear my heart with this, but it was a tough time and I had to make a transition. So I ended up making like a tough transition. I had a, I had a tough year last year uh, of transitioning, but I, but I recognize the things that was going on and, and I'll let God lead me through it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and while it was tough and while there's, there's times where I could think of like, well, I, I ruined a couple of years or I missed out on a couple of years or whatever. Um, instead I see it like, okay, this was my learning experience. I had to learn this. And yes, maybe it took me a little bit longer to learn than I, than I could have, but that's all right. It doesn't matter. Cause when we're on the journey, this is something that, that another lesson that God taught me was to choose to enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, we have to have joy. Yes. We have to have joy and be in his presence. And, um, and man, I am just so glad, so glad that you were able to come into the studio and share your vision, your dream, yeah. your journey, and, um, just engage the, the listeners and the viewers in this process. We all go through parts of it. I was just going to say real quick, just listen to what you just said. Remind me, my mom, it's crazy. I wasn't planning on being on this podcast today, first of all. And my mom randomly texted me this morning. She does this every now and again about, she'll send me like a quote right. she comes across. And her quote this morning was, never give up on a dream because of the time that it will take to accomplish. The Ooh. time will pass anyway. That's good. There you like go. The time will pass anyway. So none of it's wasted. Exactly. Like, right. Dang God. <laughs> Thanks just, mom. Just so, putting all these pieces together. I think yeah, that's, that's crazy. Awesome. So crazy. here's the deal. My time wasn't wasted. Right. And, and, and there was, there was one, there was one time where I was going to give up. I'll be honest. Like it was last year when I was just like ready to throw in the towel. And I had somebody come up to me during church and say, and with, without knowing it and say, Justin, I feel like you've been questioning your business, but I, but God's saying, don't stop. And that's that, like, that's the thing, know your vision and surround yourself with good people. Yes. Yep. And don't give up. And we're all on the earth to be a part of God's global plan with a kingdom assignment. If you will accept it. Exactly. That's so good. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Well, Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Justin, we appreciate it. Thank you all for joining, watching, listening, however you were communicating with it. And until next time from the studios in Dover, Ohio, thanks for joining us on Summit Up. Thanks for listening to another episode of Summit Up. You can check us out at thesummitdover.com and you can email us at summitup at thesummitdover.org.